1: Happy, happy new year, you guys. Today's January 1st of 2020, a new year, a new decade. So much to look forward to. Today, my guest is Beth Moore, and we have such a great conversation. We talk about her upcoming book, Chasing Vines, which releases in February, and I ask her what led her to write this beautiful, beautiful story of encouragement to us at the church. Her passion for this message is going to move your heart to love God more. I just know it. We talk about what she does on January 1st, and you're going to love it. I hope that you are inspired by what she does, and maybe you can do the same thing. We talk about parenting and why she thinks it's important for us as Christians to speak up about politics and how God is so for His people and how He makes all things matter. I loved my time with her and I know that you're going to be encouraged like crazy after listening to our show. Friends, if you are subscribed to the Happy Hour newsletter, you got in your inbox today the information about the upcoming May... Happy Hour Live. I'll tell you the dates right now. It's May 15th and 16th. I will not tell you the guests because I cannot wait to announce that on Instagram, but I will tell you that if you got the newsletter, you're jumping up and down because you see we have some phenomenal women joining us for this Happy Hour Live event. Tickets went on sale today for our newsletter friends. They go on soon for the general public. So I hope, I hope, I hope that you got it. If not, guys, go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter now, jamieivy.com newsletter to make sure you never get in this predicament ever again. And if you're asking yourself, Jamie... What is this Happy Hour Live? Well, let me just tell you, it's the most fun girls' night you'll ever go to. And I know I'm biased because it's my girls' night, but I think it's so much fun. We bring in two guests each night. We do a live show on the stage. It is so much fun. I bring in women who love God. They want to serve Him. But guys, we talk about real things. The real things you would sit around the table and talk with your girlfriends about. It's always catered. There's drinks. There's a DJ. There's goodie bags. There's shopping It is a night to remember. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss another event being sent out to our newsletter friends first because tickets always sell out. The VIP will especially sell out soon. So be following me on Instagram to make sure you see when the tickets go on sale. Okay, you guys, here's my conversation with my friend, Beth Moore.
0: Hey, Beth, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, I was so happy. I have looked so forward to this one because I knew we were gonna have
1: some fun. This is so exciting. So you were on the show. I don't remember the day. If I was a professional, I would have written it down. But you were on the (laughs)
0: show last time
1: and you were promoting your novel. You are
0: absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, this is how much the world has changed. A lot has happened since then. Since the novel. (laughs) I am telling you. That is a crazy thought, but you are exactly right.
1: It's kind of like when you have whenever I think about important events in my life, I'm like, was this kid born? Was this kid home? You can think of it as like, was this book out? Absolutely. What was happening in my life Absolutely. when I wrote this? Oh,
0: oh, Jamie, that is especially true if I look at the Bible studies because I can watch my whole journey. With Jesus through them, even if I didn't tell certain things, and I, I, I'm a person who do, does a lot of telling, so it's always there. Generally, it just may not be in in really specific terms. And if I'm I was living too much in the reality and sharp pain of it, then it would explain why it's not written out right there. Right. But I look back at them and I can trace the whole thing because I really do right out of my my passion and present uh, walk with God. So it's it's a very uh, strange component to be able to look back on, but I I had not had that occur to me. You are exactly yes, right. Yes, yes. So a lot has happened in your yes. life, in the world,
1: yes. in, in your ministry, everything. And so it's a joy to sit back down with you. And today's January 1st. It is a new year. It is a new decade. Does it feel fresh to you?
0: Well, yeah, but, you know, I got to tell you something. I was so thrilled when you told me that that is when this would air. Yeah, yeah. Because what a great thing to be able to speak in to a new year. Because I'm going to tell you something, girl. I am all for new beginnings because you will never sit across from anyone who needed them worse. I mean, I just, what I come from and what my background is, has been, and all the things that I've been through, listen, if you want to know somebody that is all about a brand new start, I feel strongly, I don't think that January 1st is just another day. I truly do believe in the change on the number of a year might be that I have decided to leave some things Mm, back on the 31st that I did not take into Into January 1st.
1: Are you a person that looks back? Yes. Are you a person that says, absolutely. I, am, "I am too"? Like I find, I learn a lot about how I want to move forward by
0: looking back at where I've been. Oh, absolutely! My December is always very reflective. I do it at the ministry. It is often a time when I'm thinking. I'm huge on just looking at the fruit, inspecting the fruit. What has worked? What has not uh, worked? What has produced good fruit? What has produced? No fruit. What has produced poor fruit? I'm going to do all of that analyzing, and I'm going to do it personally in my life. And I'm going to think a lot about uh, that. I I truly want to go fresh and clean into a new year, and I want to just welcome God to do whatever He wants. I just I told Him again this morning. It, it's here, whatever it's worth. Here's my brain. Use it. Here's my brain. Here here's my personality. Here is my, you know, physical body at this particular season of my life and age. Here, here's a. I said, for whatever it is worth to you and the kingdom, here, take it. <laughs> here, I just I lay it down. So far, a living sacrifice. Do what you want with it. Okay.
1: So my next question: Do you eat black-eyed peas on January first? No. Oh, I would have so thought that you no. you were making the black eyed peas. I have to
0: remind myself to do it. It is a very this okay, I hate to be this cheesy because I know people listen to me about some things like this and they think she does this on purpose. She just has to go the hyper spiritual route. But what I want to say is I'm not just being hyper spiritual about Jesus. He honestly saved my life and saves it every day. So my thoughts at this time of year are always very, very centered mm-hmm. on that. So, what I'm going to do instead of those black eyed peas, I'm going to get up really early that morning. I start a brand new journal every January first, brand new, and I always write him a letter. So, the very front this. page of it is a letter, and I reflect on the ba- on the past year with him, and I write down my hopes for the coming year. And so, it is a day this is before anybody gets up; it's mm-hmm. just me and the Lord in the dark. So I'm I'm sorting it out, and I'm telling him what's unfinished business in the year before. Lord, I'm. Oh, Jamie, last year. Oh, dear Lord, last year was just like, I don't think we can make it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can make it. I told him this morning, Whoa, if you would have told me last year that I could say to you this year that I am so thankful for where we are, and. I just can't even tell you how good God has been to us to even get us through this last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So um no, it's always a big deal. So yeah. it's it's I, I'm I'm not the black eyed pea person, but boy, I'm gonna be up with my Bible and go, let's do this in a fresh way and what's trash? Let me leave behind. What's gold? Let me take with me.
1: Well, now when I forget the black eyed peas, I'm going to say, I'm doing what Beth does. Well, (laughs) I'm not doing the black eyed peas. I'm writing a letter
0: (laughs) to the Lord Uh, about what I want and what we're
1: seeing in the back and the back of the last year and
0: thankfulness. Well, I'm not an example, but I tell you, I want to make the most of my time here. And I have to be gut honest about what my current condition
2: is...
1: (laughs) Okay. I want to ask you about your current condition. Okay. One thing I've seen over in your life in the past handful of years is, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. I've seen a slight shift in you really speaking to women behind you.
0: Leaders. Yes.
1: Yes. My That's very
0: intentional. Okay. So my question was,
1: is this intentional and what is your
0: hope for this? Yes. 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 Uh, It truly is. Um, I'm going to probably go back to the sundial to tell you what time it is on this because I want I want you to understand something. I do not see aging as a bad thing. I am a big believer, and I don't like it physically. I don't like that. I don't. And by physically, I don't. Somebody's thinking I'm just talking appearance. That's not all I'm talking uh-huh. about. I'm talking about my body hurts the aches every the day. Age, yeah every day and i uh have you know challenges that i you know i can't run like i used to i was a runner i've you know all of these things so there's those challenges i don't see as well at night when i drive there are things like that but the placement as, as a believer in christ in in a generation i believe with all of my heart that we were sorted out and our times were allotted to us and that what we have with age is that I'm getting closer and closer to the day I'm going to see his face. This drives me every day, Jamie. I mean, I'm not kidding. That I'm getting closer and closer to the day I, I see his face. And so my job, along with everybody else that would be in my generation, is to make sure we have done everything we can. And we none of us can give it all. None of us can even give a lot. Um, but we can give what we got, that I have given everything I know How to give to cheering the generation that will be in charge, that will be literally the ones that are leading out in the things of the faith when we're out of here, and that they're prepared to train. That It has to be that way. So absolutely, absolutely, the closer I got, I would say even by the time I hit 50, I knew Okay, this is the shift now that I will start thinking diligently about. When people say, are you just concentrating on the young? No, it doesn't have anything to do. It's not about young and cool. Mm -hmm. It is about preparation, about that we're supposed to speak generationally to one another and partner and not be threatened by one another and to share what worked and what did not work.
1: I saw you recently said um, you were giving advice to younger communicators, which... In 2020, I mean, you look around and there are so many amazing opportunities to be a communicator for the gospel, which is different than when you were in your 20s and 30s. Oh, could not be more different. It's so different. And so we have, which is amazing, amazing group of people having so many opportunities to be communicators with the Lord and so many ears that are listening, so many ways to get messages out. Uh, You said recently in a tweet I read about the competitiveness. You said, don't give into it. Do not. Because even if you're competing against a peer, the next thing you know, you're
0: competing against your last book sales or your last whatever. Yeah. If you're going to give way to that mentality, then you're ultimately, I'm hoping so badly that somebody is listening that needs to hear this. You ultimately then will be threatened by your own self. Which that was what got me where I'm like, oh, I can understand we're threatened by someone else. Oh, no. But
1: then when we become threatened by our own success- oh. That's when it gets okay.
0: hard. I, I will tell you this. Now, I've never had a number one New York Times bestseller. That's um, a true story. I have had a, a number two. and But I, the Lord has been really funny to... I, I, I have to tell you, what one of the books that I've had that, that really did the best happened to have come out at, in the same era as Purpose Driven Life. And this is how my whole <laughs> ministry can... The, the 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 smile of God to go, I will always have someone so much cuter, smarter, better. It better not be about that, Beth, because it at the top of your, at your peak, you will never be first. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. It's kind of good for you. But let me tell you, I, so I'm going to say this. I am going to just wonder, truthfully, how many people who have had a number one bestseller did not think to themselves within forty-eight hours? How do I keep it there, and how do I ever do it again? How do, I do it again, yeah. What ha- I dare you to try to suggest to me that the pressure of the next book would not be miserable because now your competition is you. Is you. And so is this how we're going to live life? Mm -hmm. And Jamie, you have seen something. I want us to say this because I want women to hear this. Something wonderful happened to our generation of communicators. And I'm not sure it was conscious or ever said, because we couldn't have controlled what anybody did anyway, But there has been a pact made between many of us women. We've made a decision not to do that. And we just don't. We are very good friends with one another Mm -hmm. um, and there for one another. I've been in town at a hotel getting ready for a conference when, for whatever reason, some crisis was in my family, or maybe I was being hit at the time by a terrible wave of criticism or maybe... I was physically um, sick, whatever it may have been, that my fellow speakers and teachers were texting me and going, man, I'm standing with you. I just want you to know when you yeah. go out there today, I'm standing with you. Not long ago, one, a good friend, I'm not going to say who, because it was just kind of our business. I was at an event, and she was in an event, and I found out from her that she was so sick, so sick. And I said, what are you speaking on? Mm. And she told me what she was speaking on. I got on my laptop that second and just started seeing what can I send her? What do I have that might, when have I spoken on it? What could I send her to help her with her notes Uh and help her get ready? And I have to say, I you could just name any of them. I mean- I'm talking Priscilla Shire. I'm talking Ann Voskamp. I'm talking Jenny Allen. I I could go on on Christine Kane. All of us, Jamie, you, we don't do it. It's just something we chose somewhere along the way. No, we will be one another's friends. percent. Yeah. We're going to be for one another. We're going to put the other one first. We're going to cheer one another on. And I don't know how we got away with that, but I do want to say to the younger ones that are listening to us, and that's a broad spectrum right now because I'm talking younger than me and younger Mm -hmm. than Jamie, don't mess this up because we tried really hard. We girls tried really hard with this. And so you younger ones in your 20s, don't you mess that up. Uh, Take that a baton and do, do, there are not a lot of things we could say to you. Do the same here. I agree. I but agree. I could say this. You have not had an example set before you of women who threw stuff at one another mm-hmm. and were threatened by one another and considered one another be rivals. Yeah. We have loved each other. Go and do likewise. Yes. And I think too, like I always
1: feel in my life is if I'm going to not be jealous of someone, I have to be cheering them on like you crazy. Have to. And you're, so when you're cheering
0: yeah. for people, you're for them. Oh. And you are for their success. You can't just be non non-committal yeah. in any way yeah. because you we're we're going to slide uh-huh. one side or the other. Yeah. And we're going to slide because you know we're insecure by our human nature, and so somebody else's success somehow means we're not as successful. Right. So that's going to be our natural default. And so you're absolutely you right. we better have something we're doing. To uh, offset that, and it's always going to be praying for them, interceding for them, being for them, putting them before us, our, ourselves. And there are a number of people coming out with with a book on the exact same day that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, people that I I want to be for. And so one of the things that's going to help me is to hope so much for them that yes. Yeah
2: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, let's talk about your new
1: book. It comes out February 4th. February 4th, yes. Um, Chasing Vines. Yes. I've read most of it, and it is
0: beautiful, and it is just exactly what we need right oh, now. Jamie, I'm so thankful. So thankful. What grace of God. But I want to talk about where this came from.
1: Oh, yeah. Where did this whole mindset start? Because a book, if you don't know, it is built and growth within an author's soul and heart yes, before it I'd ever that's right. gets out to you know February yes, 4th. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Where did this come from for you? Okay, well... A, a lot longer ago than my trip to Tuscany, which is what ultimately then sparked it, where it became a book and not just a passion. Which but, we could talk about Tuscany for hours, but this is not a Tuscany podcast. But I have two been oh, and oh dreaming, oh dreaming. Well, we'll hopefully circle back to some to some short form of that. But this goes much further back. I I I I, I, I am driven to the marrow of my bones by trying somehow in the name and power of Jesus to help people just make it. I mean, it is my—I don't know how to explain it because I could not have come up with it on my own. We are selfish creatures by nature. But for whatever reason, I think it it, it goes with the teaching gift— it makes sense that if you are called to teach it, then you're going to be driven to to share it. And that's been me. If, if I found anything hopeful, if I found anything that, that seemed to work in a, as a spiritual discipline, as a way to approach a spiritual discipline, for instance, if something brought clarity to me uh, in the scriptures or about my walk with Christ, if something built me up in my faith, If something set me free, I have never been able to keep it to myself. It was like, oh, but I want you to too. Uh I have never been able... Talk about a me too spiritual movement. (laughs) Yeah, It's that I've always wanted somebody else. If I was making it after all the trash I'd been through and after all the upheaval in my life and the depths of the ditches that I've been in, well, I have always wanted to go like, I want you to make it too. Well, this concept... To me, it's it is so gorgeous because it is it's not attached to a certain gift in the body of Christ. It's not about oh well, it, this is for those that have a, a prophetic gift. No, this is for those that have the gift of teaching. The those that have the gift of service. Those that have the gift of what it's not gift oriented. It is for any follower of Jesus if we will embed our lives in Him. In the soil of Jesus Christ, he will produce much fruit through our lives and it will last. And that means that our lives matter. They matter. And so it's been, I have been yelling and screaming for 35 years of ministry, you are meant to be fruitful. Mm. Not rich, not this. This is where we push back against the prosperity gospel, which I have no patience for. We are meant to be prosperous in soul that is what he meant when he said i have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly it's not in physical terms of possessions mm-hmm. but dare we say that it is not of our own our souls and our spirits to be abundant and fruitful that 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 we live out of the outpouring of a effervescent living water of the holy spirit i mean the, that let's not let's not get those two things confused with one another because we're very much meant to live effectively and abundantly in Christ and um that our lives are meant to be fruitful and for the kingdom of god yeah. for the gospel of jesus so yeah, that I've been yelling about a long time. And this was a way to like, let's get very focused yeah, here yeah. on how this takes place.
1: I think some of the disconnect for some people can feel as though fruitful equals easy, fruitful oh. equals pain-free, fruitful equals yes, that life is going, quote unquote, good. Right. That is where I think the rub comes from people. Yes. And you even
0: address this of saying, being fruitful doesn't always equal fun. Oh, it doesn't... heck no. Right. And if anybody wanted to be fun, people like us do, Jamie. Right. I mean, we're partyers. Yes. Yeah. We like fun.
1: So how are we talking to women these days about when you, when God calls us to abide and when we abide is when we produce fruit, but that doesn't always equal. Everything looks
0: and feels. Oh, heck no. Fine. In fact, I think it is fairer to say that it is rarely under comfortable conditions that we will ever bear a lot of fruit. And and listen, I don't like that either. But the fact is, we're all living with it anyway. I try to tell people all the time, you're already going through it. Right. Don't, don't tell me that you're not, because you're a, a human on planet Earth. If you're the least bit plugged in to life, I know that you've got suffering and hardship and life is challenging. And don't try to tell me that uh, you don't have it behind your own front door. It's already there. I let him leverage it yeah. for the kingdom through fruit. But one of the things I learned, and if you've been in Tuscany, you may have had some of these same kind of revelational moments where it's all like, oh my word, I'm watching it happen before my eyes. But one of the concepts that I learned that is so important is that if um, a vine, I'm talking about a grapevine here, and remember, I, I, what I think people need to know is that when, when Jesus used this metaphor in John chapter 15, it could not have been more deliberate. I mean, he was using an example of something that we could look to and see. How does this thing grow? How does this thing go? And what what we learn in viticulture is that a grapevine under good conditions, under easy conditions, just produces leaves, and I mean leaves in abundance. And I mean, can't you just see Because that's a lot—a lot of show, right? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, just picture it. Like, oh man, it's so gorgeous to the eye. So many leaves. So many leaves. So many leaves. It only produces the actual grape when it is scared it, it might not survive. That is when it is stressed enough to think, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. So it reproduces in order to make sure that its line continues. Does this make sense? Yes. So it is it only produces it when it is scared it's not going to make it. And so that's where we get that's where we get the grape. Otherwise we're just all leaves. And so it's such a metaphor for us because we're not going to be fruitful under the easiest of conditions. All we're going to be is big and leafy. It's just going to be the kinds of things that we just put like, oh, we put all our leaves on Instagram. You understand what I'm saying? Shiny and pretty oh, shiny, on the outside. big, bushy. Yes. Big, bushy. Uh-huh. This, is, this, is, this is how we would be, big and showy. Yeah. But no, no, this comes from, man, these are stressful conditions, yeah. and I am having to be extremely deliberate about what happens now. Which is and, an opportunity
1: for us as believers to oh, lean into that nothing's wasted mm. with God. That what that if we're going to use the same you know metaphor what that vine has to go through to produce a grape was not wasted, and it was indeed purposeful. And One of th- the biggest parts,
0: I think that at the end of the day, that that is what we need to know most, mm. is that all of it to the last inch of it, yeah. mattered. Yeah. And oh, I, um, this is such a tender thing to me that I don't know if I can say it without tearing up, but one of the most important points in the book is that I, I think as believers, especially any of us who are in any kind of uh, influence, any kind of leadership, the need for us to say that... Our suffering was worth it. We think that that's what would make us really spiritual is to go, everything was worth it. Well, there are some things we go through in life, Jamie, that are really hard to say that about. Mm -hmm. I come from a background of childhood sexual abuse. I come from a really unstable home. As much as God is done with it, I look back and I still wish I had not been Mm -hmm. abused, and I still wish my parents had loved one another. Mm-hmm. I don't. I am I forced to say all of it was worth it? I, I think that's a hard. How do you say that to someone who's lost a child? Right. But to say God made it matter.
2: Mm.
0: Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. Yeah. Some things we can easily go, oh, it was worth it. It yeah. was worth it. It was worth it. If That's you ask not... me, was it worth it for you to begin speaking out about some things that you felt very, very, very deeply convictional about it in, in the last several years? Absolutely. 100% worth it. 100%. Do I have to say that about my background of childhood sexual abuse? I, I think that would be weird. Mm-hmm. I, don't ha- I don't have to say that. All I can say is, did God make it matter? And does that... Does, is he worth it 100%? I actually find great comfort in that. Oh, me
1: too. Because having gone through nothing as tragic as that that you mentioned, but having gone through hard life because I'm a human and I live on planet earth. So having gone through suffering, for me, it gives me great comfort to know the fact that I don't have to say like, no. oh, of course I'd do that again in a heartbeat. Well, no, I actually never want to do that again. I never
0: want. I, I always, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll give anything to go back and make a different exactly.
1: decision. But to see that God is not up there going, I don't know what just happened, and I'm going to just close my eyes, but that he's going to say, I'm going to make it matter. I'm going to make it matter. And I'm going to use it to bring me glory somehow. It doesn't make sense in my brain. It does not make sense to me. It doesn't either. But God is so big and so in charge, and so for people knowing him. So
0: for people. Yeah. I mean, so for us, we could look back over our lives, and we could see that, all the times we were so not for ourselves mm. that we sabotaged ourselves, Jamie. Where I and I don't, I'm not comparing our two lives by any stretch because I lived in a much deeper pit than uh, than I can even fathom that you would have. But I, I will say this: I think both of us would say that our biggest regrets were just decisions that we ourselves made, mm-hmm. not the things that 100%. were done to us, yeah. but just decisions that we made, and that He would be gracious enough even to... That, that those very things are some of the things that God has used most to bring fruit. 100%. My failure, not just not just my victimization. Yeah. Uh, we Any of us could see how, oh, God is so merciful. But no, the biggest mercy that I've been able to see in my life was that he used where I was stupid. Just stupid. And that he brought from that, even in the midst of unquenchable uh consequences. Yeah. yeah. They just seemed never to go away. That even that he used that is like who
1: who would have thought that who, doesn't even make but sense. Jesus. Yeah. I think about that in my personal life, but now as a, a mother to teenagers. Oh, oh this is always in the front of oh, my yeah. mind of my husband reminds me of this often, but of me having to remember that these mistakes that my kids have made or will made, they will not define them no. because they no. we are defined by something much no. greater than our mistakes. And that God is good in the midst of our stupidity. And teenagers are just plain dumb. I mean, it's a fact. They can't help, their help themselves. Their brains don't work, right? No, they, they can't help themselves. Yeah, they can't help themselves. So yeah. I have to, I even reminded myself in this stage of life of, God, you haven't forgotten my kids. You, have, you, you love them more than I have. You are going to still use parts of their lives from to matter.
0: Jamie, one of the things, the traps that we get into as parents, if we have a bad track record, if our history was something that we are ashamed of, is that we think we are getting a do-over in them. It's like, you know what? Get over your own ego here. Your children are not you. And so we'll think, no, I'm going to make up for all my past sins by making absolutely sure my children do it perfectly. Get that pressure off your kids. Of course, we hope to raise kids of character. Uh We hope to have... to. That they're going to make better decisions than we did. And we help guide them through better decisions. We hope all of those things. But what I am going to tell you is it is not their responsibility to make up for our poor decisions so (laughs) that we can look better than we did back then and it can be redeemed in us. No, you know what? God loves them and they are going to make somewhere along the way some pretty poor decisions and he's going to be just as faithful to them what i ask him over and over if somebody said to me today as a mother and of course we're ministering right now to to um to people who are uh, moms and people who are not moms we're we're talking to people who are married and people who are not married and we're talking about to people who have, are married and people who have been married and are divorced so we got uh, but for this moment talking uh, to moms. If you want to know what I feel is the most important thing we could ever pray for our children, it is still the top priority is what I pray most for my grandchildren. I pray for them to love Jesus, to love Jesus. I'm not praying for their... I am praying for their morality, but I'm not praying for it above this, I'm asking that just that they come out of this thing, I'm going to know they're going to live fruitful lives. I'm going to know they're going to come through. I'm going to know that no matter how deep they fell into a hole, that they will come out of it again Mm -hmm. if one thing above all things drives them. And that is that they have an unusual and maybe unexplainable in human terms, love for the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the number one thing. And some people do not get it any other way than coming face to face with their own depravity and stupidity. You just changed some
1: mom's lives right now. Because I think as a mom, we want our kids to make the right choices. We want them to be moral people. We want them to follow the rules. And I don't know much about your story that you haven't shared publicly, but mine, like I didn't follow the rules. No, I'll give you an example of a friend who just texted me recently completely distraught. She just found out her young adult daughter in her 20s had had sex. Yes. Everything fell apart. She was like, Mm -hmm. this is the worst. Mm -hmm. And I was able to tell her, hey, it's not the worst. No. It's not the worst. No. There is so much hope. This is not the the moral, it is a moral thing. This is not the end of her character. No, She's not checked there the There is something
0: more important than that. Exactly.
1: And so that is what it comes down to. And I think that that will free up a lot of people of, I want to raise children who love Jesus most of all.
0: It, it, it's I, I'm so hoping that for somebody, because I'm going to tell you what, what that does for us is that it is for any of them. They could not have out sinned. Like it's not too late for anyone exactly. to be praying that for them. So whether they are a good kid, so here's 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 the trap. Here, yet you can raise a really really moral, self righteous mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. that that's a rule keeper that really never does develop a heart. Well, we for know Christ. how God feels about that. Well, yeah, and it's pretty clear. So I'm just telling you whether you've got the rule keeper or you've got the one that is uh, like you're going like I don't think this child has a single ethic. <laughs> yeah. Um, the prayer is the same, yeah. Lord, give them heart to love yeah. you. Cause
1: you're not too far And I'm going to know,
0: I'm going to know that their lives are going to mean something. I'm going to know that they'll always, always find their way home. Yeah. Cause they love you. They can't help themselves. It's so good. It's so good.
1: Okay. Let's talk about something else real quick. Are you ready? Okay, Ready. You recently said as recently as in this morning, Oh, uh, are you ready for this? Oh yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you recently said that the voting booth is a room of mirrors. Yes. I want to hear from you as an encouragement to me as well, as there are two sides of this coin of, you know what, we need to just put our heads down and go love people. And we don't need to be aware about what's happening in politics. Right. And then there's the other side that's like, no, this is actually, our, we, we have a civil right to care, which is true. That yes. could go both ways. Yes. You have stepped in some, some, into some pretty hard spaces in yes. the last two years. Three. I, three. I can <laughs> tell you exactly.
0: I can tell you to you know, the, know, the day. day. Yes. In the last three years. Yes. You're still glad you did? 100%. No regrets. None. 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 No. I love Mm -mm. it. Can you expand on what you mean when you say we step into that voting booth and it is a room of mirrors? Okay. I I am so happy to have the opportunity to explain my stand a little bit because what people had difficulty understanding when I first really swung out three years ago, was that they thought it was all about Donald Trump and it was not. What I was pushing back against was Christian leaders. This, my thing is the church. I am called to discipleship like many, many others are. That was our charge from Christ. Go out there And make disciples. That is our job. And so I would have expected Donald Trump to be Donald Trump. I didn't expect us to be us. Mm. This was what I was like, whoa, that we are not going to own up to the tremendous quandary that we are in because I am also pro life and I am pro life all the way from conception to the grave. I have concerns. There is neither party out there that is representing the uh, the holistic gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, someone might say, "But yeah, what well, we're not trying to teach and manipulate government." Absolutely, one hundred percent, I'm with you. My my concern is the church. But here's the thing: our churches are the one our people we are seeing reflected as the world goes. Mm. So often. The church goes, and we are watching it happen. So what I'm saying is we need to know that these people that we are discipling, if we do not convey and communicate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and disciple in the way of Christlikeness, not just what appears to be pro-Christian mm-hmm. in our nation, but what is Christ-likeness, we have dropped the ball and it's just imperative for us to see this is this is what's become of us, because it's not just uh, what, what my concern is, is not how we cast our vote. It is that we are looking in the face of who we are mm. by who we are putting up front, especially at a time when we're able to uh, tally up what Christians are calling for and yeah. demanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just, I, I understand the quandary I, all I was hoping for is that we could own the quandary and, and call it instead of that we're going to get completely into the quicksand with it. We, we were meant to stand outside of it and call it like it is and be a prophetic voice, not a puppet. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like we're seeing Absolutely. a lot absolutely um, that why can't we say what a mess yeah why can't we say that from the top what a mess uh-huh. what a mess we are in what a mess we are in yeah. instead of that no we're going to say that this is all exactly as god would have it and is he in control absolutely is he sorry yeah. absolutely yeah. Uh-huh. but you know it does not hold water with me for people to go if they're up there, then God is just completely joyful over it. Uh, we have got uh, what? Look at the world rulers. I mean, we could the, use
1: all of the examples that
0: we used earlier yes. and say,
1: was God still present? But was that his? Yes, was that his choice? Right.
0: So uh, anyway, I just uh, think that we are in very confusing times, and we're at a time when our Christian witness has been grossly compromised.
2: Yeah.
1: I I feel I would okay. always call myself not a political person, and that it feels like I'm kind of being safe. I'm also a, a fearful person. I'm like a people pleaser. I'm all the things that make me hard to do what you do. But I've been having these feelings lately that 2020 is not a time Mm-mm. no to not call what it what things
2: are. I, I,
0: I just I couldn't agree more, and it, I do, I do think I've got some friends that. I mean, they just believe that God has called them to stay out of it, yeah. and I'm I'm good That's with fine. that. Let's all let's all follow the Lord Jesus, and I'm certainly not saying it's not costly because let me tell you, it is and was. But I'm also going to say, if our times are allotted here, then we are the generations. So there, at all times, there are three to four generations on planet Earth. That is one reason why I think there was a, the three to four generations that were talked about that in uh, the Old Testament, why that reference was made. Because at, at, on planet Earth, at mm-hmm. any time, we've got these three to four generations. We've got the great-grandparents, the grandparents. We've got the parents, and we've got the children. And I'm talking about, not talking about everybody being in a family context. I'm simply talking about that age we've brackets. got They're age here. brackets. Yeah. So uh, we have been allotted to this time So on purpose, that God lays out the generation. So it does not make any sense that we are not—we are to put our blinders on and act like we don't see it. This was the context into which the gospel witness was supposed to be clear. So we're irresponsible when we don't have any kind of voice in it, Mm -hmm. and that we don't push back when we see our gospel witness compromised. I think it's inexcusable. I just, I'm too close to going home. I'm about to see the Lord day after tomorrow. You know what I mean? I just mean that. You're relatively speaking, I'm on the other side. Of, yeah. the other side. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm not anxious to see him day after tomorrow. And I said nothing mm. about ethnic injustice mm. when I stared it in the face. I am not anxious to see him day after tomorrow after all the sexual abuse we have seen in the church and that I said nothing. I'm just not anxious to do that. I just feel like if he called us, those of us he called to speak, this is the culture we were called to speak in. Mm -hmm. Don't be blind to it. Mm -hmm. So it's scary. It's scary. I'm not going to say it's not. What has it cost you? When I first... Got really outspoken, and I've always gone against a lot of the current It just would have been that it was through the Bible studies, and it would have been that people that were that mostly were supportive or could handle it even where they disagreed. There've always mm-hmm. been people that that disagreed. there' oh I don't know of anybody that just lines up with anybody else a hundred percent. I always think that's bizarre anyway, but it was going to be people that were supportive that were doing the st- the studies in the first place or could live with it. But then the public platforms came of social media, and it changed everything. But uh, three years ago, when I first really went against what was the massive population of Christians, what they were cheering on, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, our events dropped way back. uh, The Bible studies dropped way back. The hate mail, I cannot even describe to you. The things that were said and people that just went, I I would open up. I got to tell you, there's something. I hate to say this because it makes somebody know, oh, then I always will know how to get to her. But let me tell you, it was one thing. Like I'd I'd open Twitter and it'd be like, I hope your plane crashes into a mountain. It'd be, um, or it would be, you baby killer. And I was like, I'm Mm pro-life. It was just like madness. It was madness, but... The thing that was the hardest to deal with was scrolling one after another, one after, I can't even, I have no idea. There's no way to calculate how many hundreds of times. No way to calculate. I'm so disappointed in you. Those are such, because I try to get to the bottom of why is it that that hurts so bad? It's so shaming. If your parents ever said it to you, I'm so disappointed in you. I mean it was worse than somebody hitting you with a yeah. with a belt. It was just like it's shaming. And so it was that and it was over and over and over like being like standing in front of a a firing squad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was costly. It was costly to my family to have to watch that deal with that and have that component in our lives. It's been very costly. It was costly at living proof because we were not all on that same page. Mm-hmm. So some of them were put in the position of answering telephones and that were not in favor of what I had done. Mm -hmm. And um, so it had quite the ripple effect. But 100 times out of 100, I cannot see that I would have done it a different way. How'd your soul handle that? I mean, that whole
1: hundreds of hundreds of I'm so disappointed in you. I know what that feels like. And that I, I agree with you. I've said this to my assistant Lindsay before. Those things are the hardest things. I, Not like absolutely.
0: I hate your podcast. Your book no, is no, dumb. No, you're wrong about this. I once loved you and now I don't love you anymore. I'm disappointed in I you. I mean, That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough because of the people that have always hated me, that was mm-hmm. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> else. Which sometimes in my but, mind I go, but you don't actually know me.
1: So it's hard to be disappointed in right. me if we've never met. Right. But I do still
0: feel that pain yes. of... Yeah, but they've wow. gone through Bible study after Bible They did, yeah. to some degree, yeah. really know me. But what, what I wanted to say is, that is, is still me. The woman that would have written that is the same one, that wrote Breaking Free, is the same one that would go, you call out sexual assault for what it is. You do, you take up for your sisters. Yes, you do. The same thing I would that would have meant something to me then is what meant something to me at that time. And so, you know, I, a, a lot of it corrected over time. People, some people never came back around. And uh, I understood that. That gets to be all of our. Uh, choices and other people that would never have come around suddenly were interested and it was kind of made them sit up and they were like okay i'm i'm now listening when i wouldn't have listened before so god i've always i I told somebody the other day this is the best way i know to tell you that i get through it i am well loved by my people i was listening to a book on audible i was listening to a young woman talking about that she and her mother had never before said that they loved one another. I hear, I am daily told by my family how loved I am. Daily, daily. And their love and support makes up for a whole lot of ills. I've also always had a lot of support, but and I have to get up and I have to hear from Jesus first thing so that no matter what the world says to me, I know what the Lord said to me. So it's just really... You know, and I'm going to say this to you, Jamie. I'm not a baby in the faith anymore. If not me and people in my generation, if we don't even have the guts to speak up,
2: who does? Who does? Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com pod 50 for 50% off.
3: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high performance sofas and recliners are soft, on trend and easy to clean. Shop the high performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. A lot of people when I told them I was
1: going to be talking to you this month, their number one thing they said is ask Beth how she's doing.
0: Oh, that means so much to me. It's true.
1: How how you know, we recently had I won't even say but all the stuff that went down uh through the internet with Men saying
0: yeah. things, they all want to know how's Beth doing. Um, God made me resilient, and I, I'm a, but I'm a feeler, I, I gotta tell you. But it what what just blows my mind about him is that I can be devastated. I mean, w- devastated. This latest one did not devastate me in any form, you just went on with it, didn't it? It was so absurd. It was so absurd, yeah. It was so absurd. It's so absurd to suggest that uh, God would only use women in certain contexts. And I'm not. I have never been looking to take over a man's job. Never. But I have fully believed that God also used women. And it was so extreme that no, no. It was it was too absurd for I, me. To, I mean I
1: showed it to my husband he's like this is even worth listening uh, to. It's uh, so dumb. It it that's how I felt about it.
0: That's how I felt about it. But uh, others have felt different than that. A mm-hmm. couple of months before that uh really hit me hard and with amazement. Mm-hmm. But um God has has made me resilient and um he just gives me back my joy quickly. And I just enjoy him so much. And at those times, He is so near. Mm. He's so near. And uh, those times when you feel isolated and alone, and there He is. And uh, I also just know, I'm home soon. Mm. Fact is, I am going home. And um, I will
1: live with him forever and ever, you know. My favorite tweet that you did recently was, I'm going to start putting my GPS tracker out. Oh, my So gosh. people will know when I'm home making a sandwich,
0: I they don't have to tell me to go home. I had just tweeted about making a ham sandwich. I had just tweeted a picture of... Of a ham sandwich I'd obviously made in my own kitchen. And someone's, and it happens all, I take screenshots of it and send it to to Melissa so often yeah, uh-huh. because I know she'll get such a kick out of it because I don't care what I can go. The weather is beautiful, today. Go home. Uh-huh. I <laughs> said, <laughs> okay okay uh-huh all right then I have said so many times please over the last over the last weeks I've said to my daughters please promise me that when i die that you will put on my gravestone went home oh my gosh. please please promise me that you would but anyway so the, the I mean someone answers and it was not i don't think it was i think it was like the second reply go home just those two words go home'm i am home <laughs> <laughs> I am home. It's just like it was so absurd. Dude, where do you think I am? Making this sandwich. You they thought you were behind a pulpit I making a sandwich. I guess, so. <laughs> I guess okay. so that I'm up there and i on a Sunday. Please. Yeah, On a Sunday no, morning. Jamie. I was making a ham sandwich on a Sunday morning yes, that's at right. the pulpit. That's right. Yes. Just slathering that thing down. <laughs> slathering that thing down. You're like, we're gonna go mustard. through John
1: fifteen I, and ham sandwiches. I, I ham
0: sandwich. A ham sandwich. This is what we're having. This is what we're having. So it was just it's just nuts, and so I have to say that some of those things. This is how God made me too. If it's absurd enough for whatever reason, I all I can do is get tickled, and laughter does a lot for me. Uh-huh. And I can call my girls, and we can just go.
3: Did you people, see this? Are, are people, people crazy? Nuts?
0: <laughs> people are nuts people are just nuts. And you know, and, and I know I'm nuts too. Yeah. Well, we're all thinking that they're nuts too. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: okay. Speaking of that sandwich, did I see a picture that you put green olives on your sandwiches? I, do. I saw
0: this recently. I thought, note to self, add olives to your next sandwich. And it needs to be at least a medium cheddar cheese, if not sharp. Okay. And then you have a mustard? I do a brown mustard. Okay. So, and you always toast it. Because mm. it needs to I be love hot. A now, let me tell you what would really be great, and I just don't always do it. I don't always have it to do it. But if you put a really, really crunchy piece of good, good old fashioned iceberg lettuce on the thing, and made it also where it's got a little bit of
1: oh, crunch. Yes, yeah.
0: that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I do, uh, I do a really good cheddar cheese, and I do a good cheddar cheese. I just this this is in Velveeta here. Mm-hmm. Good cheddar cheese, and then I slice up green olives on it. And then I do, I love for it to be real ham, not the kind that you yeah, yeah, yeah. pull out of the little plastic uh-uh. package, but I mean, real life, legit yeah. ham, especially if it's honey-backed ham. And I have just fried it in a pan and I've put it hot on that cheddar cheese. So when and it I've, gets a little bit yeah, melty. Oh, Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to and then I'm stick that in the uh, in the toaster and toast it mm. on both sides. And let me tell you something. It is good. But I, I, I'm I'm a salt eater. I'm a salty too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that those olives are putting mm. all that salt with it. I love it. olives and, oh, too. Oh, I just
1: love it. Well, Aaron, I'll be over for ham sandwich dinner tonight. I,
0: listen, <laughs> please do it. Please do it. I wish I could buy it.
1: Oh, Beth, I so appreciate you. And I'll tell you publicly what I've said privately to friends before. And I think I told Aaron this last night. He knew I was coming here. I myself personally have been so encouraged by your ministry. Um, And if anyone's listening, I've told this story a thousand times. And I told you, I got saved at Passion when you were preaching, I mean, 20 years ago. Aaron and I, well, by the time this airs, we will have just been back to Passion for the first time since we both were saved under that ministry. And so I have walked with you teaching me for years and years and years. But I will say this, in the last five and a half years, where the position that God has put me in... However you want to say it, having a voice, having influence, (laughs) whatever you want to say. having
0: a voice and having influence, Jamie. In the
1: (laughs) last five and a half years where God has put me in that, you have been, and several other girlfriends that are in your same generational bracket, as you said, have been beyond encouraging to me to step into hard places. And so thank you.
0: Oh, I, I cannot tell you what that means to me, Jamie. I cannot tell you. That is, that makes it so worth it. And I'm going to tell you, because I hope somebody's uh, listening to this, every day I think about Mm y'all, every day, when it was the very worst, and I thought the last thing I want to do is open up Twitter, Mm -hmm. I would think, oh, girlfriend, you are not going to ghost Twitter. Mm -hmm. You're going to get your tail out there, and you're going to make sure that those young women know that you cannot be bullied off. And you have shown us that. God help us. Thank you my pleasure okay
1: thank you for writing chasing vines as well you guys are gonna love it It comes out february 4th but um beth thank you for your time i loved it jamie my pleasure goodness gracious you guys there were so many amazing nuggets that beth said that i could possibly pull out and talk to you about but that would basically be the whole show i would love to hear from you what was your favorite part of the show what did you love that she said what did you pause and think i need to hear that again Beth is so smart and so wise, but let me tell you, she's also so kind and so generous and so gracious. For me personally, one of my favorite moments, even though I probably have 10 to 15 from this interview, was when she said that we need to pray for our children to love Jesus. That's it, you guys. If we do that for our children, for our friends, for our coworkers, for our spouses, He will work out the rest. That's what He does. But we can pray diligently that when our children or whoever we're praying for, that they love Jesus. I loved chatting with Beth so much and I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Be sure you're subscribed to the happy hour so you never miss an episode. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if it's on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, just search for The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. Hit subscribe, and I'm going to show up in your little earbuds every single Wednesday. I also want to tell you something fun, you guys. We have a new release of a special edition of The Happy Hour that's coming out on Fridays. It's called Your Last Decade. We have one this Friday with my husband and me talking about our last 10 years.
3: The most common question I get is when they're thinking about like, this team this this collective of artists in austin that are just killing it the most common question is how do i do that how do i be a part of that how do i foster that how do i build something like that and my answer every time is well this took 10 years it just takes time Mm -hmm.
1: i got to thinking about the fact that 2020 is here which means we're starting a new decade And when we look back, how has life changed over 10 years? I sat down with some great people and we have some phenomenal episodes for you. There's special episodes that are gonna come out on Fridays and they're called Your Last Decade. And we get to see what has happened in 10 years. I'd love to hear from you. What has happened in your last decade? Hit me up on Instagram, tell me what has happened. Tell me what you love in the show. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I'm excited to start a new year with you guys. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. The show notes are written by Aki Slockers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Natalie Green and Natalie sat down and we talked all about her life. She's a mama to three boys, all three in a rather unconventional way. You're going to love to hear how her boys joined her family. She also works for African New Life, which I will be traveling on a trip with them soon to head to Rwanda. So follow along to hear about our trip and to see how you can support and to hear how God has crafted her family together. Guys, enjoy your week. Happy New Year. Happy January 1st. Happy 2020. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you guys back here with my friend, Natalie Green.